Hey folks, if you like listening to Stumble Through, there's now a way you can support the show. Click the link in the show notes to make a once-off donation through the ACAST supporter feature. There's no ongoing commitment and you can give as little or as much as you'd like. I love making the podcast and I'd like to keep making it. So even if it's just the price of a coffee, every little bit helps. Thanks so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you find the time when you can't find pause? A confirmation once your face is gonna open some doors. You do what you gotta do and stumble through. Hello folks and welcome to Stumble Through, the podcast for young Australian adults trying to figure shit out. I'm your host, Paula Arujo. I'm a writer, theatre creator and marketer. I am a short, round-faced white woman and today I'm sitting alone, which is really, really strange. Um, I've done a lot of podcasts, I've done a lot of hosting and recording, but it feels strange to, to do it by myself. Um, I don't know, I feel a bit odd. Um, I'm in my uh, makeshift studio, which is my study at home. Fortunately, I've got uh, this great microphone, which means that I don't have to worry about having too much sound blocking equipment. But uh, if you hear anything, that's probably my neighbors practicing piano or their children being children. So, you know. But before I get onto anything else, I'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and community. I pay my respects to them and their cultures and to elders both past and present. So, yeah, um, first solo episode. I guess I wanted to do an explainer on my hiatus and the unintentional nature of it. And I guess this, this idea of getting back on the horse and the process of getting back into something, whether it be a habit and um, try my hand at doing a solo episode. I mean, uh, the guest episodes are not going away. I just, well, it's, it's a lot easier if I only have to organize myself to be somewhere. So, you know, if you like this episode, let me know and I'll do more. If you hate it, let me know and I won't. <laughs> maybe um so yeah if you've been a long-time listener firstly thank you um but I guess you might have noticed that last year I sort of fell off the bandwagon why do I keep using euphemisms why are there only euphemisms to describe I was doing this project and then I stopped and I didn't intend to stop um life just kind of got in the way of me being able to make it uh, because the podcast takes a lot of time and effort and energy and like six or so hours of work in every episode that you listen to. So yeah, um, when I 
I started a job last year that was really intense and um, it kind of consumed me and then chewed me up and spat me out. But we got through it. So this is good. This is good. And yeah, I guess... Why am I not breathing? God. I guess I used to breathe when other people were talking. <laughs> um, and it's been a bit of a process to come back to podcasting. It wasn't so much an intentional one. I think that for months I was like, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I have to find time to record an episode. I have to do X, Y, and Z. And I kept on thinking about it and kept on telling myself to do it and saying out loud, oh yeah, I've got to do that. But I didn't. And that wasn't necessarily because I didn't care. It was just, I couldn't for a while sometimes because of a time constraint, other times because I realized I was very burnt out and I needed to just take a minute and breathe and get through things and sort of piece myself back together and got back into the podcast in earnest at the beginning of the year. But just because I decided, right, I'm getting back into it doesn't mean it happened. <laughs> um, and I guess, you know, that's that's normal. You know, life happens and we adjust our behaviors. Like, you know, I got hellishly busy and I couldn't do this thing that I loved because I was consumed by something else, which for a couple of reasons was more important. You know, when we when we get the flu, we don't perform the same behaviors as when we're sick. So we have to adjust to cope with the current circumstances. And then when we feel better, we can reevaluate and adjust again. Just like when I pulled myself together and was no longer burnt out or at least had rested to a point where I could think about working. Or sometimes, you know, we stop doing a project or we fall out of a habit because we messed up. Maybe we made a mistake and we couldn't face doing it again for a while. I mean, I'm all too familiar with the cycle of critical self-talk and I can tell you that giving into that voice will not help. Like there's a line between reflecting and ruminating and it's something that my therapist reminds me about a lot and that line appears when you've already reflected and you've thought about what you could have, should have, would have done and you've told yourself off for being inconsiderate and you've already examined the changes that you need to make to do better and you've planned and you've actioned the things to improve yourself and you're in the process of doing it maybe and if you're still thinking about it and you're still going over that decision then that's ruminating and it doesn't help even though it feels kind of good so don't do it quit ruminating I do think though that in the reflecting period of time or in that you know first bit where you realize that you've stopped doing a project and you really want to get back into it or maybe you've just noticed that you've stopped and you're reflecting on why that is it's pretty valid to just ask ourselves why like maybe you can just put it down just because we didn't plan to stop doesn't mean it was a mistake to you know maybe maybe we should just let it be like if you no longer care about making the perfect croissant then don't do it like don't don't bother and if you've realized that something else is more important or that aligns with your values or like I don't know maybe you've realized that learning how to code would make more sense in terms of achieving your goals 
of being the next software engineer, maybe if that's what you want to do, then that's great. You know, don't make croissants, go code stuff instead. Or, you know, sometimes we we stop doing things because we tried them because we thought they'd be fun. And then they're way more work than we initially thought that they would be. Um, and that's okay too. Like, if you don't think that the rewards are high enough, that is fine. But, you know, maybe maybe this project is one of those things where getting better at it would help you with your job. Like, if you want to be a master pastry chef, then, yeah, croissants are kind of important. You know, then we should get back to it. The same as if, like me, you know, I really enjoy making the podcast the only reason I stopped is because I got really stressed and busy and I didn't have time to do it and for a while it felt like there was always something that was more important that I should be doing instead and in that case like with me and the podcast for a while it felt like not doing it was a form of self-sabotage or punishment like I didn't deserve to be able to do this thing that was fun because I should be off doing boring adult things instead. I think a lot of the time the main obstacle in the way of us getting back into something that we used to do, be that a project or a habit or a state of mind Or something is the emotional and psychological blocks that we build for ourselves and not intentionally. Like no one sets out to go, yes, okay, so this super fun thing, which I enjoy and makes me feel good and really does help me achieve my goals. Yeah, I'm just going to create this wall in front of it so that I can't even face doing it. But it's the, the little things which build up in our minds and create that wall, which then we can't see it. And so when we go and try to do the thing, it's way harder than it should be in inverted commas. So that leads to a lot of procrastination. And I've been reading up a fair bit on procrastination and I've done an episode on it in the past with the lovely Harry Wallace. You should definitely go and listen to that. And procrastination is more of an emotional issue, not a time management one. Something that I realized when I examined why I was having so much trouble getting back into the swing of podcasting again was that I'd built up these emotional blocks in my mind that not only you know was it not a project that was worthy of my time because it didn't make me money I was like oh well I I enjoy doing it just because it doesn't make me money doesn't mean that it's not worthy or you know I could set up a patreon and then it might make me money you know I wasn't doing it because it didn't feel like the most valuable use of my time. It didn't feel like the grown-up adult thing that I should be doing instead. Um, It wasn't the most urgent thing on my to-do list. And I realized that part of the reason was also because I, I convinced myself somehow that I didn't deserve to do the work that I had created for myself which is so silly now that I say it out loud. Like the the minute I realized that that was one of the biggest blocks, I was like, are you serious, Paula? Like you, you made this podcast because you wanted to do something and you have skills and you can talk. (laughs) And, and now suddenly because you haven't done it for a while, 
suddenly your skills aren't up to scratch and you're not good enough and you're not creative enough or smart enough or, or all this other stuff. Like, what? But, you know, it made a lot of emotional sense to my limbic system, or rather the emotions and the negative thoughts I had convinced me that it was a legitimate reason. And so getting over that and being able to first reflect on why I'd stopped and why it was taking me, or rather what, why is a dangerous question, because then you can go on forever, but if you say what, that really helps, um, particularly if you're prone to rumination like me. Um, and being able to say, oh, well, what is slowing me down? Like what thoughts and feelings specifically are standing in the way of me getting back into it, or at least like feeling good about it. And so I think that that can also be the case with a lot of other things, you know, maybe not that thought specifically, but we all build up these, um, these walls of awful. So I, I watched this lovely YouTuber called Jessica and she's got this YouTube channel called How To ADHD and the wall of awful phrase that I use comes directly from her and this video which I think is called like why it's so hard to do something that should be easy or something. Now I know that this might be more specific to non-neurotypical people but I'm sure that the principle holds true for everyone and the, the theory is that Every time you go to do something, you're not just doing the actual task. So I wasn't just, you know, sitting down to do the podcast. I was also dealing with all of the psychological blocks and barriers in my way to doing that. So when I didn't do it or when I failed to achieve what I wanted, then you get little bricks that make up this wall of awful. So for me, it was like um, failure in like reaching out and finding guests or in recording or in putting out episodes that I did have or in editing them. And each of those things had a brick, sometimes two, because if you have a rejection brick because you got rejected, then that's one. But then if you have a disappointment brick because in your failure or in your rejection, you also disappointed someone and you count then that adds one. Like, I got a disappointment brick every time I didn't do it. And then you also get a brick for every person you think that you disappoint. And then if you're worried about disappointing people, or if you're worried about failing, or if you're worried about being rejected, then you get a worrying and a rejection brick and a disappointment brick. And it all just adds up until it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It reminds me of that saying from, I think it was Bruce Lee, who said, if you think too much about a thing, you'll never do it. Perhaps he was hinting at this. So, you know, it's not just about, oh, why can't I do this thing? I know exactly what I have to do. It's so simple. Well, it's because you're dealing with you. You are in your own way. And I think an important part of overcoming this wall of awful is to give yourself credit because, you know, we're getting back into something. We're not starting over. And so for me, like, even though my hosting skills felt a bit rusty, I still know how to host and I still know how to record and I still know what needed to be done and thanks to everyone listening I still have an audience so being able to tell myself that I can do this because I already did it was something I had to you know remind myself of a lot and that kind of helped me overcome that thought of yeah, you don't deserve to do this work it's like well I've done it before and worked out pretty well and people did like it and they did find it valuable so 
if I keep doing it, like who's to say that that won't happen again? And then of course you deal with all the negative self-talk, but that's inevitable. Like that's always going to be an obstacle. And that comes to, I suppose, the next step, like tangible obstacles and intangible ones. We've already talked about the intangible ones, but in terms of, you know, the the stuff that is um, a little bit more obvious to the outside eye, there's things like time and money and maybe this project relies on other people. Like in my case, I need guests. And for a while, I also needed a place to record. Now I'm recording in my makeshift setup with a microphone that I figured out how to use. Yay! (laughs) Um, In the episode, which I did with the wonderful Dominic Murphy, uh, I had it turned the wrong way around. So apologies in advance for the audio quality on that one. Uh, It's very echoey because it was facing the wrong way. (laughs) So I haven't started over, but I'm still learning new things. And, you know, maybe that might be an obstacle that someone else has. I mean, I did. And, you know, being able to use equipment or learning how to use new equipment, that's that's an obstacle. And sometimes if we lay them all out, then it's like, oh, okay, well, how do I then overcome them? And just doing it one at a time. I know it sounds so naff. Like, it sounds so silly and so oversimplified and so blech every time someone's like, yeah, just break it down into small manageable pieces. Like, ugh, I'm so sick of hearing that advice, even though I know it works. <laughs> I don't know why I'm annoyed at being told something that will work, but there you have it. So it's important for us to like, just do the thing that's in front of us. And if we can't do everything, like if you have to rely on guests, then just Do the thing that you can do because some progress is still progress. And I know for myself that I have to do what I can, what is within my realm of control, not only so that I can, you know, feel like I'm making progress and feel good and a little bit more motivated to keep the project going, but also because then I can't tell myself, oh, well, I mean, I can't do anything until so-and-so gets back to me. Or, I mean, it's, it would be pointless even starting until I have this new piece of equipment. So I'm just going to rewatch the first season of Sex Education again for the second time this week. Like (laughs) that's, it's so, so unhelpful. And that's why it's important to just do what's in front of you and just start. Just start. Like, it'll probably be shit, but it's not going to get better until you do the shit work. Like, an analogy, I think it's called an analogy, I use a lot is about pancakes and how the first pancake is always shit. But if you don't make that, then you won't have pancakes. Like, that first pancake never looks the way it's meant to. It's, you know, always a little bit smaller. It's a weird size. It's, it, it's your testing ground. Like that's not reflective of what all the other pancakes are doing. It's a way for you to figure out if the pan's hot enough and if your mixture is what it needs to be. And if you should add more flour or heat, like that's just part of the testing process. And it's not the end. It is part of the process. It is not the finished product. Like, please, I I had to remind myself constantly, like not to confuse the things that I was making as I was getting back into it with how things would always be. And with the level of work that I would be putting out, you know, in a few months from now. And the same with the feelings that I was having, like it, it will change. I think that kind of relates to the, the need for us to ease into things when we're getting back into a project or back into a routine. 
it's just not realistic to snap back into it. Like it probably won't be a snapback and you won't do this elaborate routine perfectly the first time. And you probably won't do it perfectly the first time and every other time after that for the rest of your life every day in a row. Like that's just not reasonable. It's, it's a lot to do. So doing like little things is good. So when I started the podcast again, I figured that going right back into fortnightly just wasn't achievable for me, but I could probably manage monthly. And I didn't just go straight back into like posting on Facebook and Instagram either. I I took like small steps. I did recordings and then I edited stuff. And then I realized that I hate editing things and it takes me so long. And so I found someone to do that for me. Thank you, Dom. And made it a whole lot easier for myself and I found those obstacles and I slowly sort of overcame them and I took baby steps only posting to Instagram and I'm still getting back into the swing of posting Sunday pep talks every single Sunday but I'm doing it way more regularly now than I used to so it's still something I I feel bad every time I miss one but at the same time like I'm trying not to let that discourage me from making further progress A tip from Mr. Atomic Habits himself is that taking one small step forward still counts as progress. If you write one paragraph instead of the five you'd planned, that doesn't mean you should give up writing an essay or quit your degree. Please don't do that. Don't do that. James Clare put it as just because it's not optimal doesn't mean it's not beneficial. And things aren't usually optimal. So we're going to have to get comfortable with doing our best within the opportunities that we have within those boundaries and the limitations. Maybe today we can only do one push-up because we woke up late and we have to go to work. But if we do one push-up, that still counts. And that still means that we've worked out for however many days in a row. I think that Nick and I talked a bit about this in the episode of how to achieve goals through habits. And... When we do ease back into it, like I said before, there is not going to be a snapback, probably. Like, probably not going to be like the Australian economy after the pandemic, although I still have my reservations about that. It's going to take some consistent work to be able to get back into it. And even those baby steps, sometimes we're still not going to do that. And it can be super hard to be really, really motivated. And then we miss one day where we don't even do one push-up and suddenly it's like gross. But, you know, that that's part of the process. It's not the end of it. It's part of the process that we're going to stumble <laughs> and we're not going to get it perfect. So just keep going. Uh, I came across this article when I was researching for this episode by Ayodije Awasika, I think his name is. And he uses this maxim of accepting that you'll have days where you don't achieve what you want and that your routine will slip and that's fine. But the important thing is to not let it happen for two days in a row so that you can keep that momentum so that you can hold yourself accountable. And I think that's a really great idea. I haven't yet put that into practice, but I have noticed this past week how not doing that can be discouraging. Like I've been doing some exercise I was doing some exercise some form of exercise every day and I did one thing even if it was just one push-up or one walk around the block or like one minute of weird dancing in my room by myself and then I didn't do that because I did like my first 
real workout. <laughs> and I was sore the next day and I was rushed in the morning, so I didn't do it. And then the day after that, I was a bit like, oh... I'll just have a, a another rest day. And then the day after that, I completely forgot. And so we got to like four days later and I suddenly realized, oh, I haven't consciously made the effort to move my body. Hmm, it's, it's not ideal, is it? <laughs> so I think that that's a really good tip to go by, that it's baby steps and it's realizing that we're not going to be perfect first time and that things aren't, and that we're not going to automatically like slip back into this routine seamlessly or get right back to the level of expertise and comfort and skill that we were. Like, it's going to take some time and that's okay. In fact, it's it's pretty normal. And everyone, everyone on this earth has experienced, like, doing something and then falling off the wagon and, and having to, you know, get back to it or trying to do something for a couple of days and then it's not really working and you try again and it doesn't really work and you keep, keep trying because that's how you achieve stuff and that's how you make change. So yeah, that's my little, my little spiel and my sort of explainer on um, (laughs) what happened and why you didn't hear from me for so long. Let me know if this was at all useful, if you would like more episodes like this or not like this. And if you have any ideas for topics, I would love to hear from you. It would also be super, 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 super great if you could leave a review. So on Apple Podcasts, you can review every episode, which is really great. Um, If you're listening on another platform like Spotify, then there's nothing there, but you could share it to social media and I would love to know when and where you listen to this like knowing that I'm not just speaking into a void is really cool so it would make my day tag me when you're listening or like share the episode that you're listening to to your Instagram stories and tag me in it I would love that I would love that Thank you so much for listening. Thanks as always to Zane at That's Not Canon Productions for producing the show. Graphics are by Claudia Piggott, music by Jessica Fletcher. You can find us on Instagram at StumbleThroughPod and Facebook as StumbleThroughPodcast. Until next time, do your best and take care of each other. Chat soon. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.